Crippled Content Creations presents Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability, with your host, Andrew Gerza. Disability After Dark, with Andrew Gerza, shining a bright light on sex and disability. Well, hello there, Disability After Dark listeners. I cannot believe we've made it to Minnesota 18. Wow, I thought when I first started this this little Minnesota idea, I was like, no one's going to be, this is not going to be a thing, this is not going to happen, this is not going to go anywhere. But we've actually made it 18 weeks of Minnesota, along with our full episodes. We've been able to do one almost every week, which I think is really amazing and fantastic. And thank you so much for writing in. I love the fact that the Minnesodes are more broad, they're more relaxed, they're less about sex and disability generally, and they're more about like, hey, tell me your stories, I'd love to hear from you. And I think that's a really fun thing. I noticed that a whole bunch of podcasts that I listen to do that kind of stuff. My Favorite Murder does that, and That's Why We Drink does that. Um, a whole bunch of podcasts do Minnesodes. Which I'm so I'm, I'm I'm excited to be one of the podcasts that provides Minnesota's, but I'm excited to be one of the podcasts that does so with the disability slant. It's really really awesome that I can give disabled people's letters a voice and speculate wildly on all the things they're mentioning about around disability. I think it's really rare that we hear from disabled people in letters like this, so I appreciate that I could do that. Anyway, I've rambled on enough. It's a rainy day here in Toronto, and let's get started with the Minnesota. Actually, really briefly before we do the Minnesota, I want to give a shout out to Laura Miller, who works in the San Francisco Bay Area doing stuff around sexuality and disability for, I'm just looking at her Facebook profile, she manages the Bay Area Sexuality and Disability Network. Uh, she follows my work a little bit, and she was on KPFA Radio last week, and she mentioned Disability After Dark right at the end, which I'm really honored about. They also mentioned the, the film that I worked on called Picture This is going to be at the Frameline Festival uh, this Friday, June 22nd. So if you're in San Fran and you want to see my film, you want to see what I worked on a couple years ago, Please head on over there. But Laura, thank you so much for calling the film. What she called it was the the leading sex and disability podcast in America. And I, when I heard that, I was floored. So I am so thankful that, that you called it that. I don't really know if that's true, but I really, really appreciate it. And I wanted to thank her on the air for doing that. But now really, on to the Minnesota. Okay, so for this one, I got an email the other day from my friend Spencer Williams, who is a disabled guy with CP out in Vancouver and does stuff around sexuality and disability for Vice and has, I think, even a a radio show about sex and disability out there in Vancouver for, I think, one of the university radio stations out there. Spencer, correct me if I'm wrong, Um, but he sent in a letter... And I wanted to read it off. He said, Hi, 
I want this to be in consideration for a future Minnesota. Well, amazing, Spencer. Here it is. Here's the Minnesota. He said, I'm writing to tell you about the time I went to the UK and unexpectedly found the girl of my dreams, or so I thought. Okay, sidebar, everyone should know that I love everybody from the UK, and it is my dream, my ultimate dream, to fall in love and simultaneously fuck somebody with a British accent, because oh my god, it's literally my favorite place in the world to think about. I'm an Anglophile, I love British television and Britcoms and all those things. I literally have an obsession with UK men. I really just want to get all up in their sexy accents and do things inappropriate with their bodies. It's a real thing I have. That is to say, any UK men listening who might listen to the podcast and want to get with this hot piece of crippled ass, hello. Hello there. Anyway, anyway, I digress. Back to back to the proper the reason the professionalness of this Minnesota this is here here it is. So Spencer says, A few years ago I went to a Green Day show in the UK. We're gonna pause and say Green Day was amazing, but I feel like they were more amazing back when they had their dookie days. They're more current stuff I'm not a super fan of. Uh, so Spencer says, I went to a Green Day show in the UK while on a family vacation. I ended up sitting beside a cute British woman who happened to be a fellow wheelchair user with a spinal cord injury. Were you in, like, the disability seats? Because that would make sense and that would be awesome. I would love to meet a hot, disabled gay guy in, in the disability seats at the concert. Never happens, but it is a dream of mine, especially if they are British. Uh... He says she was very upfront and asked if I wanted to sneak in the bathroom for a quick fuck. <gasps> Whoa! That never happens. I was shocked and unsure about how to react. Okay, true fact. I would be... I would be... Hot. I would be shocked, too. Because... When is it that to... When is it that a disabled person is really upfront about... Wanting to, like do it with another disabled person and it's like hey want to go in the bathroom and fuck like when does that ever occur so the fact that she did that like like kudos to her that's awesome i really appreciate that she was like hey i'm gonna put it out there because it never happens and that's like, so how did you react what did you like say okay i'm reading it more now i thought about it but ultimately i declined oh really that would be my dream why did you decline why Losing my virginity in the soccer stadium bathroom was never a dream of mine. That's where, Spencer, you and I differ because it's been a dream of mine. In the UK, in a soccer stadium with a hot guy is literally, literally a dream that I've had. Especially if the stall was accessible and they could help me out. He says, still, we had a great conversation and exchanged contact info. Good, good. I'm glad that, I'm glad that that you that it didn't deter everything good so you exchanged contact info and talked amazing good i wonder how the conversation went after you declined did you still like what do you say to somebody after you're like hey do you want to fuck in the bathroom like what do you like and i'm also curious if you, if you would have had a conversation around the logistics to that like i'm i'm 
I remember when I did the episode about public sex, I may or may not have talked about how how do you get two disabled people in a wheelchair stall to fuck? I really would have loved to be there or to have had a conversation with 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 my partner who's disabled about how do we do this in the bathroom? I'd love to have been there for that for sure. And I'm wondering if you did. Spencer continues. The next day, she sent me a message apologizing for coming on so strong and said she wanted to get to know me a bit better. I don't think she should have apologized. I think it is fucking awesome that she even came on that strong. And I think that she had some real chutzpah. There's my, there's my Jewish heritage coming out. Chutzpah to tell you that. That's, I think it's fucking awesome that she was that forward. Good for her. I say it again. Good for her. We talked almost every day for weeks afterward, having long conversations about anything and everything, and she even came to visit me. What? There's no discussion about what you did. I want to know what you did. I want to know how you did it. I want to know if you, like, messed around. I want to know the logistics of that. I want to know all the things. I feel like this sentence in this email is way too short. I want to know... I want a follow-up email, Spencer, about what you did on this visit. After her trip, we decided that the long-distance thing was too difficult, but I'm not so sure anymore. This is true. You know what? I think long-distance relationships, whether they be sexual or friendships, especially for people with disabilities, long-distance relationships are really, really important and really, really powerful and really, really strong, and friendships can be built that way, especially when physicalities and and geography sometimes doesn't work. When you're disabled, long-distance relationships like Facebook friendships or Twitter friendships or other, you know, friendships that, that are born out of technology can be really, really important for us, I think. They, it helps us to curb our depression. My relationship with her has made me realize that I don't need someone who is able-bodied to be happy. That's true, and I think that's something that all of us at one point or another struggle with, and so thank you for sharing that, Spencer. That's amazing. Spencer didn't really end off there. He just kind of left it. He was like, I'm going to tell you my story, and then I'm, I'm out. So uh, that's one letter that I received for the Minnesota today. I also got one with respect to last week's Minnesota where I talk about navigating, being the partner of somebody navigating a stroke. And I feel the need to read this email because I fucked up a little bit and I wanted to make amends and make sure that I talked about it appropriately on this Minnesota. I got an email from Maggie in respect to uh, Minnesota 17, and she says, Oh, I just burped on the podcast. That's gross. Oops. I had a... I had a shake this morning, and so it's making me all gassy and farty, which I know is the sexiest thing ever, but that's just the truth. There it is. So anyway, Maggie wrote me a letter, and she says, Hello, Andrew. I'm a regular listener and a stroke survivor. You use the term stroke victim several times in Minnesota 17. I think this term is very unfortunate, and I wish I could ban it from people's vocabularies. Now, I listened back to the episode after I got this email from Maggie, and she's right. I used the term stroke victim three times. 
And so Maggie says, in my opinion, stroke victims are the dead ones. Stroke survivors are the ones who are still here. If a stroke survivor is not feeling particularly empowered, then use the term stroke patient. Please use more empowering and life-affirming language. Thank you, Maggie. Well, Maggie, I appreciate your comment, and I will do my best to make sure that I use appropriate language. I also understand that some, this is this is to show that even though I'm a disabled person and I work in this community, I, too, can make mistakes, and I, too, can put my foot in my mouth. And language in this community especially is evolving and changing daily and hourly and by the minute, so I... I I will do my best to keep up with that, but sometimes you'll hear me make a mistake. And if I, if I fuck up or say something you don't agree with, send me a gentle email like this one to let me know how I can do better, and I'll do my best to work on that. Okay, so I got a message from Joe about a month and a half ago. Two months ago now, actually. That's not two months. Two, two months ago. And he wrote me about he wrote me about an episode he listened to, and he had he wanted me to clarify something. When I first read the email, it terrified me because I was like, "Oh my God, somebody listened to my work and wants me to clarify what I said and why that was scary is because sometimes I say these things, and I don't go back and listen to everything I said, so I was like, "Oh no, what did I what could I possibly have said? Oh dear." He writes, "Hi, Andrew, I hope you're doing well in episode seventy nine you mentioned people with disabilities are seen as hypersexualized, and what's funny here is that Joe marked timestamped when I said this. He's like at the six minute and fifty second mark. Can you help me reconcile this with previous episodes where you describe the asexualization of people with disabilities? Love your pod. Keep up the great work. So, Joe, thank you so much for your question, and to be quite honest with you, I think the juxtaposition of asexuality and hypersexuality of disabled people is a spectrum. There are people who think we are asexual and will never have sex at all, and there are people who think because we are disabled and we don't get sex very often when we do have sex or we always think about sex because we don't have access to it. Now, if you knew me in my cheeky side, you'd know that's true, that's very true, and I fully I think about sex all the time, but that's partially because I'm a queer person and partially because I'm very sexual, and I own that. But to think that we are hypersexual or would simply want sex all the time or consent to being sexual all the time as a result of disability is problematic. And I think that people who think we're hypersexual um, or over-sexualized also have no problem seeing us as objects and objectifying us in dangerous ways and talking about our bodies in dangerous ways um, because we, of course, we would want sex. So consent and rape and all those things aren't an issue because we want sex all the time. So we should just be happy that we're getting it when someone offers it to us. I think to see us as hypersexual and not, and as either asexual or hypersexual and not sexual beings who are on a spectrum ourselves of one day being sexual and one day being not sexual, as other as as most people are, um, to see us on either on either extremes of those spectrum is kind of ableist and sort of dangerous as well. Uh, so Joe, it wasn't a clean cut answer to your question, 
but I hope that I that I gave you some insight there. And if I didn't, and I fucked up your ideas or your questions, sorry about that. Okay, so that's how you do the Minnesota. You send in your questions, queries, comments, stories, funny anecdotes, and I read them back and speculate wildly. Again, I'd love to hear stuff from your youth. Tell me a story about... I've been listening to a podcast that I love so much, and you may have heard a promo for. Uh, Dan Meisner produces a podcast called Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids. I'd love to hear your writings as a disabled kid on this podcast. I'd love you to send me in your letters or your poems or your things from your youth, and I want to see how disability intersects there. I'd love to hear about weird health class things, funny sex stories, all that stuff I want it to be, um, all that stuff I want it to be in the next few Minnesotes. We're looking for Minnesotes for Minnesota 19, 20, and 21, as I want to record those soon. So if you have an idea, story, query, funny thought, something you, even something you don't like about this show or something you love about the show, send all of that to disabilityafterdark at gmail.com and I will turn your disabled musings into disabled minisodes right here on Disability After Dark. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations with music by Chris Udiucci. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright Crippled Content Creations 2018